We're not just a businesswoman. We're not just a wife. We're not just a mother. We're a whole person. Balancing vulnerability with authority and drive can be a challenge. When the whole woman is nurtured, she is able to elevate herself, the people around her, and the entire industry. You can't be okay with doing anything else until you're okay with yourself. So like, let's treat it holistically. Let's treat it as one person. And work-life integration, not work-life balance, is I think really key to that. In 2021, women made up of over half of all summer associates for the fourth year in a row. Yet equity partners and multi-tier law firms continue to be disproportionately white men. Only 22% of equity partners are women. We would like to see that change. Hello, and welcome to LawHer, the show where we celebrate the trailblazing attorneys and entrepreneurs who are changing the game for women in the legal field. Be inspired by their stories, learn from their mistakes, build community, and look forward to the future they're helping build for the next generation of women in law. I am Sonia Palmer, your host and VP of Operations at Rankings, the SEO agency of choice for personal injury lawyers. This is LawHer. We know that women play a major role in the business of law firms, but there are few spaces dedicated to the support and advancement of women in the industry, where women can feel welcome to share all of who they are, highs and lows. Carson Bayer and her co-founder, Melissa Lamore, recently launched The League, an organization that supports women holistically so that each woman can feel like they have a seat at the table. I spoke with Carson today and her current role at Legal Association Management, how she has thrown balance out the window for a different strategy, full integration. When the people in your life who lift you up and encourage you are in the professional sphere, why not invite them into your personal life? It is this crossover concept that helps spark the idea for the league. We dig into the role that vulnerability plays, why it's okay to not always be okay, and how women can rise together. Rarely do people know what they want to be when they grow up, but if you asked eight-year-old Carson what she wanted to be, it would be in events. She grew up helping her mother plan events throughout middle and high school. Today, her position is events and special projects manager at Legal Associations Management, where she fell in love with the legal space. Let's dive in. So how I got here is completely by accident, completely random. I had no background in the legal industry. So I live in um, Dothan, Alabama, which is a small city of about like 60,000 people. Previously, I was living in Georgia. My uh, boyfriend at the time, husband now, graduated from pharmacy school and got um, offered a job in Dothan, Alabama. And moved down here and I was like, what am I going to do in Dothan, Alabama? Because I came from a hospitality background where the events that I were doing, you know, were like 20,000 plus people events. They were, they were very, very large scale. And so I was like, that's like half the population of the town here. <laughs> um, so I was very nervous to move down. Uh, ended up doing that about a year after he had been down here and um, was honestly having a really hard time finding a professional job in this small of a city. Um, so I saw a LinkedIn post for legal associations management, had no desire to apply or interview, but I did anyway. And then as we were talking, Chase, our CEO was like, do you want to do a, because I went in for a marketing position that they had open and he was like, do you want to do events or marketing? And I was like, well, you don't have an events position open. So I feel like I need to say marketing and it's like, <laughs> we'll create one for you. And that's how it came about. Wow. You did. You kind of fell into that. I love it. Literally fell into that. Yeah. Can you explain what LAM is and who they serve? 
So Legal Associations Management, LAM, we operate a variety of associations in the legal space. Our most well-known one that we own and operate is the National Trial Lawyers. Um, I think most people in the plane of space is very, are familiar with the National Trial Lawyers. So that's our main focus. And we have specialty associations off of that. We also manage some of the marketing for AHA. We um, manage some special projects like the management of trial school is another organization that we do. MTVA, our mass tort vendor association. We help co-own MTMP as well. So we have our hands in like a bunch of different, different stuff. We do a lot of different things as well as produce the trial lawyer magazine, which is a publication about 30,000 lawyers get. Yes, yes, very, very, very well known in the legal industry. <laughs> and you've worked in hospitality and event industry for the past eight years. What is it about the legal industry? Melissa and I talked a lot about the legal industry, but for you, what is it that sort of lights you up about the legal industry? I think what lights me up about the, in- the legal industry is that there's so many opportunities. There are so many things other than just being a lawyer that have to do with the legal space. I know the like 90% of what we do is serve lawyers or serve for something with trial, but there's just this whole other world that I wasn't familiar with. And it just seems like the opportunities are endless. You're always meeting new, interesting people. It's such a unique space. Um, I think it's a real energizing space as well. So that's what has really drawn me into it. Yes, I I agree with that. Uh, I've been in the legal industry now for six and a half years. Not a lawyer, <laughs> you know, don't work for a firm. And it feels weird to say that, right? Yeah, yeah, because you feel so ingrained and it's so, so much a part of it. So I completely agree. That's like one of the reasons I wanted to form the league because there's all these other people, there's all these other moving pieces, there's all these other women that, live and breathe this industry and love this industry, but don't fall into that category of an attorney or even as a vendor. And it just, like, I wanted to create a home for every woman in the space. If you're a part of the legal industry, why wouldn't you want to be part of the group? Yeah, let's transition to the league. And so it's an organization that supports the whole woman. Can you expand on how the league supports the growth and evolution of women in the legal industry? Well, Let me first go back to my thought process when I was thinking about the league. It's like I was talking about where I didn't fall into a category, but I wanted to create a place for myself to feel like I had a family, like I felt like a home other than just my team here in our office. When I met Melissa and we automatically bonded, I mean, it was just instantaneous. I knew we wanted to work together in some capacity. And so... When I had this idea of like, hey, like, I want a home. I love our friendship. Like, I love how we can talk about work, but we can also talk about our personal lives. Like, she's the person that I call to celebrate when something's gone gone great at work, or she's the person that I call when something really bad has happened at home. Like, that's awesome because I have such a theory of you don't need work-life balance. You need work-life integration. So why would you separate those two? And why can't you blend business and friendship? And I think that's how like, you know, the most meaningful relationships come about when you do those things. So that's why I think it's revolutionary for the legal industry because we're bringing it all together. It's, you, you don't have to separate those two because as a working woman, those blend together so naturally anyway, that it would be nice to just have a support system, have a family that like has your back, have a, have a girl's group that 
that understands what you're going through on a daily basis. And regardless of your title or your position, like it's not a place for egos. It's a place for just like everybody to be one and say like, hey, I know what you're going through. This is what I did. That's really what it's about. What I think is very different. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about you and Melissa for a minute. She said that you taught her that it is okay to not be okay all the time. What does that mean? Well, that was hard to do for her. Um, (laughs) I'm sure you learned like she is, Melissa is such a strong individual. She has a very like powerful presence about her. We always like say her unique ability is the ability to galvanize people. People just gravitate towards her and she really feeds off of that energy. When she was diagnosed with cancer, my father a few years ago uh, had cancer And we moved out to California to get him to get treated at UCLA. We moved in with my uncle and my aunt and my nephew or my cousin. We had been out there for like a week. And then my 22 year old cousin was diagnosed with leukemia. So we had two cancer patients in the same house at the same time. Like, I mean, I don't know what the odds are of that. Yeah. I had quit my job to go take care of my father. And it was fortunate enough that I could be there to take care of my cousin as well. So I was the primary caregiver for two cancer patients which is insane, which is, especially out of state in another, like in California, LA, or like from lower Alabama to Los Angeles. It was, it's a big shift. And so when she was diagnosed with her cancer, I was like, I mean, I know what's coming. It's, it's tough. It's hard. And you're going to have a really hard time slowing down and being okay. Like to do that. It was a really, really tough lesson, but she learned it eventually. You've mentioned work-life integration. I would like you to expound on what you mean there. And then also, how do you decompress, take time for yourself? How does that sort of fit in integration-wise? How does self-care fit into the integration? Work-life integration, perfect example of it, is we built an office or a gym in our office. So I go work out during lunch. Super easy. It's just, and it's accepted like, oh, you're going to the gym. Cool. That's fine. That's a work-life integration. I don't have to balance that out. I just like fit it in. I don't have children. Other people in our office do. Say school's out one day or somebody's sick or something. You can bring your kid into the office. Like they can hang out in your by your desk. Like, cool. Nobody's going to say anything. You have to dentist appointment. Absolutely. Go do that. It's not about balancing those two things. It's just working them intertwined. So those are, I mean, very, very simple scenarios, but that is work-life integration. The RCUO, we live in the same neighborhood. There's several of our coworkers. We all live in the same neighborhood. Our, our families are all friends. We all know each other's spouses. It's not just like, oh, at the office. It's like, oh, do you want to go for, like, you know, meet in the neighborhood? Having those simple like mechanisms to just integrate your life into work. I don't know if it's more of like a millennial concept rather than, you know, it's been traditionally done in the past. But I definitely think that that is where the future is. I think that's how you can maintain and retain your employees is because they're not always asking for like more time off. It's just like, I'm trying to work my life into this. hundred percent. I, I love working. Like I, I, I love to work. Yeah. I, yeah, if I want to leave early on a Friday, you know, and take my dad to the movies, I'm, I'm going to do that. But then if I get an idea on a Saturday morning... You know, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna come down, and I'm gonna I'm gonna type it out. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it into action. I'm not gonna be like, oh, it's not work time. You know, I like that balance. It's just that, yeah, it's just an integration. It's 
it's just something that I have really developed a love for since working for legal associations management and really, really value it. And I couldn't imagine doing life any other way. Oh yeah, I completely agree. And I think that's how a lot of people in our industry operate is more of a work-life integration. Like I, at conferences all the time, I see people bring their families. That's, that's awesome. Or like they're on vacation, but yet they're going to take a Zoom call real quick. It's just like part of it. Go on a golf outing, but like are doing a business deal. Like, Yeah, I think integration is a way better word than balance. Even when work and life become integrated, women face immense pressure to be on and show up for everyone all the time. But we are human, which means that sometimes we are not okay. Carson gives us a real-life example of how it's okay to not be okay and to release the guilt that may surround the feeling of letting others down when we can't show up as we had hoped. Let's be vulnerable for a second. I'm like in a bad headspace right now. Like I don't, I don't feel 100% myself. I was so excited about this podcast. I was like, I have all my answers and like, this is what we're going to talk about. And then something happened today and I don't have to go into extreme detail. One of my superiors came in my office this morning and said, I want to share that I heard that your conduct at Mass Torts Made Perfect wasn't great. I know I didn't do anything wrong. Why is it just assumed that like, if there's a woman in Vegas and say she's dressed up, like she has to be doing something wrong. You know what I mean? The relationships that you have in your life, especially women in this industry that I can call and say, Hey, this just happened and this sucks. And then be able to relate to me or be able to give advice is so crucial and so needed in this industry that we want to talk about it being so male dominated when it's not, it's not 90% of the offices across America have majority women in them. They might not be all attorneys, but they're the ones that are doing the work behind the scenes and keeping the pieces moving. Law school students too. Yeah, exactly. And it would be nice, especially someone like who comes from a small town or doesn't already have this built-in network in this industry to have that already formed, like let's formalize like our, our girl. We always talk about being a boys club and the boys club gets to go and talk about all this other stuff. Why, why can't we have our girls club? I say all of that because the league especially is a place for women to feel that they are safe to be vulnerable. And they're also safe to be ambitious because those two things are not always inherently welcomed in our industry or in the world for even. Yeah. I appreciate you being vulnerable. I think, you know, I talked with Melissa and talking with you today about, you know, how important it is to have an organization like the league and how women need these things. And then like, here it is on display, (laughs) you know, (laughs) here it is. Yes. Well, I was just talking to Melissa and I was like, how am I supposed to go on this podcast right now? And like, be who I want to be when I'm feeling like this. And like, she was like, maybe that's the reason the podcast is happening today. That like, it is okay to show that like, you're vulnerable and you don't feel okay. But like, it's so necessary to have relationships that can support you and they have your back. So you're like, all right, I'll give you a pep talk or I'll give you my advice or I have your back. I go to, you know what I mean? It just feels, it feels good to have that. Like, I don't know. Are you familiar with Sharon Booth? Yes. 
Okay. So that's my mentor. And she's an amazing human being. She's essentially who I want to be in 20 years. She's been in this industry for forever. Everyone knows her. Everyone respects her. She wears multiple hats all the time. The fact that I can pick up the phone and call that person and say, I'm dealing with this. What do you suggest? And then not only give like suggestions, but also say like, I have your back, like puts you at such ease. I can do this podcast. Cause I'm like, it's okay. Like I'm not the only one going through this. And that's what I wanted to give to other people in the industry. I don't know if you feel that way. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I think it was Melissa and I that talked about this. Or sometimes the remedy to these very difficult things is to just take action. You know, to do it anyways. Even if you don't necessarily feel like it or even if you do feel like it but you're not, you know, on it or at your best. I'm using quotation marks for the, you know, listeners. <laughs> um, to just, you know, do the next thing. Take action and sometimes then that will at least put you in direction. So no, I think that makes complete sense. When I go back, like law students, this is a great example of they're entering this industry and it's a, it's a different world. It's a, it's a different space. You don't really know what you're getting into. Wouldn't it be nice to just like come in and be like, oh, this is a safe group to like hang out with and navigate and figure out where I fit into this. And they can help me like guide me on this journey of, of learning about this space. When you have that camaraderie and that safe place to not only be vulnerable, but ambitious, both of those things, which I think a lot of women are, but there's only either seen as one or the other, I think a lot of times mm -hmm. that would be really comforting as a young person. And and I'm not super old. I mean, I'm 33, but like, it's comforting to know that I have a whole support system of women that when I'm dealing with something or when I'm frustrated or when I just like need a connection or need a business meeting, like, Hey, I have a whole network of people that, that's got your back. Yes. I think it goes back to what you said about work and life, that it's not a work-life balance. It's a work-life integration. Yes. And I think that about sort of like the traits of women in the legal industry, <laughs> there are very hardworking, ambitious, intelligent women. And it's not necessarily balancing that where that shows up instead of vulnerability you have to balance it all out. And it just, there's room for both. There's room for both. There's room for all that. There's, we're a whole woman. We're not just a business woman. We're not just a wife. We're not just a mother. We're a whole person. And when you can nurture the person as a whole person, then I just think you elevate not only yourself, but the people around you, the industry that you work in, the, the work ethic that you have, the projects that you put out. Um, because like you can't be okay with doing anything else until you're okay with yourself. So like, let's treat it holistically. Let's treat it as, as one person and work-life integration, not work-life balance is I think really key to that. Yes. How do you show up and be vulnerable in your professional life, but then also maintain the authority and drive, you know, it's hard. It's very hard. <laughs> and that's why you need like authentic relationships, especially as a woman in this works in this particular space, because it's really easy to get lost and it's really easy to, I mean, just lose it in this space. There's just so much going on. And I love the friendships that I have in this space that I can call crying. And then I also can call and they're like, you're a badass and you're a boss. And I'm so excited for you. 
Carson wants to create room for women to be a whole human, supported through the ups and the downs. At its center, the league is about unity. The league is for any woman in the legal space, regardless of title, regardless of age, regardless of anything. It is for everybody. That's why I designed it. That's, that was the whole genesis of it, is that we're uniting everyone. Because when women unite and when women you support, support each other, we're forced to be reckoned with. And we can elevate the entire industry by elevating women and giving women the ability to feel empowered and supported by one another. It's for, it's for everyone. It's not a new concept. Like people have always, that's why sororities work in college. Because people want to feel part of something. That's why athletic teams are, are a thing. Because people want to feel like they're in a group. And if you're a woman in this legal space, this is a place for you. And it's not a place of ego, which is why I love that it's not a niche type of organization. You got to meet one criteria. Like you're a woman in the legal space. Mm-hmm. How did you build the initial network? Um, it was a collaborative effort, which again goes back to the whole idea of the league. I would not be doing this without Melissa. I always say like she's loudly ambitious and I'm softly ambitious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're like, yeah, that's probably yeah, true. I see it. I see it. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Like she's loudly ambitious, I am softly ambitious. So I'll come up like I was like, hey, I have this idea. I didn't really think it was even going to go anywhere. And then she was like, let's do a focus group in Seattle. And I was like, okay, let's do a focus group and see what people want. We know we want to create, we, we know we want to work together. We know it want to be about women, but what, what is that? So we had 25 women show up to this focus group and we sat at, around a table and literally stood up and said, we're creating a women's organization. What do you need? And we'll build it around that. And then everybody just started chiming in. And uh, we heard some common themes. And then from that group, we were like very strategic about people we picked to be on the board informing this. Because although I want it to be for everybody, I cannot do all the roles. And we needed sure. certain roles fill, filled. We needed certain seats filled. A few of the women on our board, I didn't know prior to this. And mm. it was me reaching out saying, I... Like, for example, Rachel with Milestone, who mm-hmm. sits um, in the marketing seat on the board. I did not know her before this. I still actually have never met her in person. And I was just like, you're somebody I hear so widely respected and well-spoken about and just has everything together and organized. And there's something telling me that you need to be part of this. And I know that sounds crazy because we don't know each other, but would you want to be part of this? And that's kind of how we approached it with everybody since it was such a new concept, which again goes to like relationships and building your network and collaborating. Was there fear as you were organizing it? Absolutely. I'm terrified all the time. I'm terrified (laughs) all the time. Like Melissa is like the strong face of the group, which I love that about her. I think that's why we complement each other very well. Yeah. It's so hard to like, I remember at the focus group, I came back and I typed up notes and I sent him to Rachel and I was like, hey, I know you don't know me. Here's some thoughts about this. Like, would this be something that you're interested in? And she edited some of like my first like notes. That was incredibly vulnerable and I was incredibly terrified. And every time I talk about the league or the genesis of it, I'm scared that people are going to think 
oh, that's stupid. Um, or, oh, nobody wants that. And then, then it just keeps growing and it keeps getting more traction. And I just sit there in disbelief. Mm-hmm. I'm like the first person to say, like, I am not perfect and I do not have the answers to everything. And so this is why, like, we needed a whole team of women to do it. And they're so incredibly talented and skilled. I'm just blown away every day. Yeah. In your bio, you say that your favorite quote is, perfection is the enemy of progress. Yeah. Yes. So how do you know then for something like the league or any project how do you strike that balance between this is good, it's not perfect? You surround yourself with people who think differently than you. Mm, that's good. That's smart. Because if it was up to me, I'd be like, let's do it today and it's fine. And then you have people like Dina Joseph or Jenny Levine. They're like, no, we need to make sure the membership is plugged in. And like, that's, that's all coordinated and that has to be and then in order to to make it. And I'm like, well, it doesn't always have to be perfect. And they're like, yeah, but what it does have to be like in a somewhat normal state. So I really, really cherish and value people who think completely different than me. And I think that's what makes a team rocket. That's great advice. It's hard advice, I think, because you always, I think, you know, gravitate towards like-minded. I got that from the CEO of Legal Associations Management, Chase Givens. He is phenomenal about surrounding himself with people that think differently than him. He has purposely done it. It's how our entire organization is designed. I think everybody on our team thinks very differently, but everyone's opinion is heard. And I think that that's what makes for a dynamic group and a very successful group because you keep each other in balance and check and you can push back on things or then be like, okay, I see it from your point of view. Um, I think that's really, really key. Yeah, I completely agree. Not only is it sort of key to success and growth, but I think the lack of it now is just going to equal failure if you can't surround yourself with people. So if everything goes according to plan, where would you see the league in two years? I would see us with um, 2,000 members. I would Mm. see us um, in every single state across the nation. As soon as a law student graduates college and she's a female, she is signing up to be a member. I just see it growing and growing. I just think it can really shift the space in the sense of like, we're just all together. Like it's, we're all one. Like we're your friends. You can sit with us. That's one of our taglines. You can sit with us. There's no mean girls. Like you can sit with us. You need a home, like, or you want to know what's going on? Come, come, we'll help you out. The League has in-person and online events. The website launched in November, and those who sign up before 2023 can become a founding member for a donation. 2023 is when we're really going to kick things off and get this organization started um, with more structure, but we'll be offering webinars, in-person events, in-person meetups. One of the goals for this is we wanted to piggyback off of um, conferences and events that were already happening in the space. So people were already going to be in the in, in those locations. But something that's different that I haven't seen done is inviting the local law firms, the local law students, the local paralegals, marketing professionals that are in the area that don't typically travel, that don't get to have those type of in-person events. Here, here's a place for you to come and meet other people in the industry that are just like you. That's what we have coming. I love it. What is the secret promise of the league? 
we have your back. You can be yourself. You don't have to put on a face. You don't have, you can be vulnerable. You can be authentic. You can be ambitious. You can be driven. And like, you're going to be supported no matter how you're feeling or who you are. Like, that's what I want. I want everyone part of this to feel like they're wanted and needed and utilized as part of this group. Like, let's take your talents and let them shine. And how can we benefit from it as well? Like, I just want it to be that type of symbiotic type of relationship. I love it. And where can women go to find out more? www.theleague.law. Oh, you got .law. Good for you. Yeah. You always get our domain from .law. Yeah, that's a good, that was good. Good for you. Outside of the league, is there anything you're optimistic about? I am optimistic about where our industry is headed in general. I'm seeing a shift, like just with the percentage of women I'm seeing on the speaking circuit. There's been a huge percentage change over the last like five years. And I don't see that stopping. And I'm seeing that trickle out in a lot of different areas in the industry. So I'm very, I'm very optimistic about kind of shifting the narrative of that the legal industry is this male dominated boys club. Because not only am I seeing more women involved, but I also am seeing more men that are just so stoked to have more women involved. And so many companies that want to recruit are making that part of their mission to recruit strong, confident, competent women. Like that is who they're looking for. So that is really exciting for the industry, I think. Yes, I I agree. And I think you were right earlier. It is a male dominated industry, but I think in leadership, like in partnership and owners, because you're right, most law firms, lawyers, and then support, paralegals, marketing are women. (laughs) And law students, I think women outnumber male students. So I do think you're right that it's, it's always, we've always been here, right? But now we're getting a lights being shined and it is very, very exciting. And it's not near as contentious as I think people think that it is. Like I said, I, so many men are very, very, very excited. Oh, I would say when I say that it's a male dominated industry or it's a boys club, that is the perception. That's the narrative. I don't think that that is the reality of, of the, at least the majority of the people I meet. Both the men and women that I have met in this industry are some of the most inspiring and encouraging human beings I've ever come across that are just like, whatever you want to do, we'll support you. And like, that's really exciting. And I think that's very different. And it goes back to my philosophy of like work-life integration, because if those people are so inspiring and they've done so well for themselves and they're so supportive of my hopes and dreams, why wouldn't I want to be their friend? Like, why wouldn't I want to, to make that part of like, you know, introduce them to my family, go on vacation with these people. Um, I don't think that has to be separate at all. No, I, again, I completely agree. It goes back to what you said about your mentor where, you know, you want to be her in 20 years and having these people that they are doing what I want to be doing. That's the trajectory. Like you absolutely, male or female, you want those people in your life. Yeah, absolutely. And like, why wouldn't you want to develop like real authentic personal relationships with that person? Mm -hmm. Like that's how you grow. That's like how you develop. So often we struggle to strike the perfect work-life balance, but when we integrate work and life by blending our personal and professional relationships, magic happens. 
The League was created by Carson and Melissa to spark the relationships that have the power to transform and create a space to foster the development of women in every aspect of their lives. A huge thank you to Carson for sharing her story and unbelievable insights with us today. You have been listening to Lawher with me, Sonia Palmer. If you found this content insightful, inspiring, or it just made you smile, please share this episode with the trailblazer in your life. For more about Carson and the League, check out our show notes. And while you're there, please leave us a review or a five-star rating. It really goes a long way for others to discover the show. And I will see you next week on Lawher, where we'll shed light on how another of the brightest and boldest women in the legal industry climbed to the top of her field.